Hey, soulmates, happy holidays. Plenty to talk about as some of you are maybe on a holiday break. Today is Tuesday, December 22nd, the second day of Kwanzaa. Welcome to Fox O's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelai Corte. Kuji Chagalia mm -hmm. stands for self-determination, to define and name ourselves as well as create, it, create and speak for ourselves. That's right. Soulmates, that said, we are honored to stand right here behind this desk for another day to take you on a journey across black America and the stories that impact our people. That's right, we're gonna do our best to continue to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's uh, tap into what's happening today. The parents of Jason um, Charles, an eight-year-old boy who was severely burned at a friend's house in Arkansas, are demanding answers as they claim the investigation has been slow for four months since the incident happened. Now, back on August 9th, this is pretty bad, J.C. On was staying at a house, a friend's house, when he called his parents. They say their call was cut off, and when the father called J.C. On again, they heard him screaming. His parents said they were told that they were roasting hot dogs when something in the fire exploded and Jason was burned. They rushed over to the house where they found Jason severely burned and covered in Vaseline and plastic wrap. They said no one at the house called 911, so they had to take Jason to the hospital themselves. Now the young boy had to be put on a ventilator and resuscitated twice. He underwent multiple surgeries, including removing five inches of his small intestine, aside from the severe burns across 80% of his body. He suffered from kidney failure, sepsis, and brain damage. The Arkansas Police, State Police, uh, is taking over the investigation and will send the results to the prosecution's, uh, prosecution's office as we continue to keep them in our prayers. A St. Louis man is calling on the courts to appeal a wrongful conviction that prosecutors say should have never gone to trial. Lamar Johnson was wrongly, he's wrongly spent nearly three decades in prison for a St. Louis killing after prosecutors say a witness was coerced into falsely identifying him as the shooter. But the assistant Missouri attorney general says detectives will testify that they never threatened or coerced anyone and followed leads that pointed to Johnson as the killer. The St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office that secured Johnson's 1995 murder conviction believes he's innocent and is seeking for the second time to set him free. In March 2021, the Missouri Supreme Court denied Johnson's request for a new trial. A new education report shows that the military courses are overwhelmingly pushed on to black students compared to any other race. The New York Times analysis was done of the Army's data and 200 plus public records. They found that more than 80% of high schools with at least 75% of first year students enrolled in JROTC had a predominantly black or Hispanic student body. Now, meanwhile, the percentages at other JROTC high schools and those without programs were more than 50% and around 30% respectively. The Pentagon has stated that mandating students to complete JROTC programs, which veterans of the armed forces teach at more than 3,500 high schools across the nation, is against its policies. However, it's been revealed that thousands of public school students were placed in the courses either as an explicit mandate or by automatic registration. 
A father and son from Atlanta have teamed up to complete a mobile financial learning center bus project. Earlier this year, they were trying to raise $30,000 to renovate a 54 passenger bus to go around to schools and communities teaching black children about financial literacy. Here at Fox Souls Black Report, we love to follow up and follow through with stories that impact us the most. So here how things are going. This is how things are going for Sean and Caden Harris. For example, let's say I wanted to buy a new video game, and the video game costs $20. I would save $30 or maybe even $40, so I have extra money just in case, just in case of an emergency or I need it for something. about financial literacy throughout my financial products such as my financial flashcards, my activity book, and my newest project, my financial bus, which I'm bringing them on right now. Most kids graduate high school without even knowing the basics about financial literacy, so I know that this could really help. I have a mock bank, a mock grocery store, and a mock stock exchange where they're going to be able to learn how to earn, save, budget, and invest their money. Okay, guys, now we're about to head on the bus. One day, Caden said, hey, listen, Dad, what is an asset? What's a dividend? What's an ROI? I hear you guys talk about this stuff. So as I explained it to him, he started grasping it. And he said, listen, I want to be able to take this stuff that you're teaching adults and be able to teach it to kids my age in a cool and interactive way. And that is what launched what you now see as Caden Teaches Bus. One day, Caden started texting me like two days in a row. He said, hey, what's up, bus driver? And I was like, Caden, what are you talking about, bus driver? So he said, okay, here's the deal. I want to buy a bus of my own and convert it over. He was watching a lot of TV shows where they were transforming buses into living arrangements. So he said, listen, why not get a bus and convert it into a mobile financial learning center? So I said, Caden, that's a pretty cool idea. This is on a Wednesday. Two days later, we had Chinese food for dinner, and in Caden's fortune cookie, it read something similar to the fact that you will be uh, blessed with an investment on four wheels in the immediate future. Two weeks to that date, Caden bought this bus cash with his own money, and then he did a capital uh, raise of $50,000 in less than two months to be able to convert the bus over and re-outfit the inside. It was an old school bus seats, racks, all that kind of stuff. So now what you see today where he now has interactive stations, uh, tablets, TV monitors, and learning uh, things with the grocery store, the bank, as well as the stock exchange. So we also picked up a couple of uh, sponsors who also helped in the capital raise as far as uh, donating their funds to the bus project. So we are super excited where Caden is now. One of the things that I've seen from the kids that um, walk off the bus after they've experienced this great experience is that they too see business entrepreneurship as a goal that they may have. There's a, a portion in the book where the kids choose a career, where they have nurses and military and business owner, of course, and a lot of them choose business owner because they see what Caden is doing and they see a kid at 12 years old has their own bus. So there's like, that's definitely something that I can do. When he said any age, I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, so that means if he can do a lot, I can, I can do something too. I am a young entrepreneur that sells paintings. He told me that, um, that I need to save my money, 
and that I can open account, uh, an account to save my money and that I should like put out my paintings for what it's worth and not just put it out for what I think people are going to buy it for. And we here at uh, Foxhole's Black Report, we are here for it. Dad says that one of his joys, his greatest joys, is not being able to, is not only to uh, teach his son, that's Caden, about being financially smart, but to work hand in hand on a project that will impact so many in their community. And Nick Cordelai, where do we start? I've seen Caden across social media. This is before he sort of kind of blew up. He was even younger than 11 years old. He might, this might've been a couple of years ago. So let's say, you know, eight or nine. And I came across one of his posts and he was talking about banking and, and investing and stocks. And I was just absolutely flabbergasted. I felt like I wasn't doing enough with my life. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, well, I'm, well, I'm 50 something and I didn't had, I had no idea of, of some of what he was talking about. I was just amazing. It's a beautiful thing to see this young man mm -hmm. uh, assert his agency. That's right. And he's not waiting till he's an adult to make a difference. He's making a difference now. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, stories like this are exactly why Fox Hole's Black Report exists. Uh, you know, you can go to a lot of places for news, but, uh, you know, chances are you're not going to see stories like that, stories that, that feature young black boys and black fathers, you know, supporting their kids and supporting their communities in terms of uh, offering financial literacy uh, to communities that, that need to learn more about earning and saving and, you know, all of the financial definitions yeah. that we take for granted. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this kid is so far ahead of the learning curve and mm -hmm. I love that, you know, he didn't just hoard it to himself. That's the information right. that his father had for him, mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Sean Harris, mm -hmm. uh, he made sure that he passed it on. And how powerful is that, you know, that that, uh, that learning is coming from peer to peer? Mm -hmm. I, I felt like those kids were even more attentive uh, because it was, it, was, it was their friend, you know, giving them this information. And uh, it's gonna, I believe it'll stick and stay. And I'm just, I already follow him on social media. So I'm just looking forward to watching him grow yeah. and, and see uh, what he chooses to become because the world is truly this young man's oyster and big ups to, to his parents mm -hmm. for, for fostering and, and encouraging and uh, just allowing him to understand that he can. Yeah. Yeah. And think yeah. about and think about how many young people are going to make better financial That's decisions right. because of what Caleb and his mom and dad mm -hmm. uh, are offering the community in Atlanta. And so big shout out to mm -hmm. Caleb uh, and uh, Dr. Sean J. Harris, uh, our honorary soulmates. Keep up the good work. That's right. All right. So staying with Within the, the thought of inspiration as the year comes to an end. I think we've got about four more days before we wrap it up. We reflect on those uh, newsmakers who made lasting impressions on us all. One in particular that folks are still celebrating stands out, Rosalind Singleton. Singleton captured hearts across America when her husband, Ray, posted a viral video in 2020 of him singing to her as she prepared to go in for brain surgery. The video earned the couple an appearance on Ellen and Ray later joined America's got talent. Rosalind died early last month succumbing to brain cancer. She was 39. Legendary pastor and community leader Reverend Calvin O. Butts III has passed. Butts welcomed generations of worshipers and political leaders from across the nation and around the world at Harlem's landmark Abyssinian Baptist Church. 
He began serving as a youth minister at Apicinian uh, in 1972 and was senior pastor there for more than 30 years. Now, in 1995, Republican Governor George Pataki appointed Butts to two state boards that controlled economic development grants to businesses. That same year, Butts hosted then-Cuban leader Fidel Castro. No cause of death was given, through, though Senator Raphael Warnock, who credits him as a mentor, uh, through him, Butts' legacy lives on. Yeah, Reverend Butts, uh, Miss Roslyn, uh, two names who unfortunately we, you know, have to add to a list that we, we lost this year, but we will continue to, you know, celebrate uh, them and, and their legacy. I know, uh, I remember Roslyn uh, and Ray from a series uh, on uh, OWN called Black Love. They were mm -hmm. featured on there. And that's when I got real familiar uh, with their story and, and how they met and how they continue to just triumph uh, through um, this this horrible disease. And, and I like to say, because I lost my mom to cancer and I like to say you know people have a tendency to say they lost their battle or you know I like to say they finished they mm -hmm. just they, they finished and um, that's how I sort of kind of stay at peace um, with um, how devastating uh, watching someone go through that can be they finished and they finished strong Miss Roslyn finished strong because I followed her her path and my mom finished strong so so that's how I sort of kind of compartmentalize it if you will and what an incredible legacy that Reverend Butts leaves that's behind right. I mean you know so many uh, cultural influencers and so many leaders uh, were members of and attended Abyssinian Baptist Church. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think uh, uh, Cicely Tyson, Cicely Tyson attended it. there and mm -hmm. has a pew uh, mm -hmm. that's actually named mm -hmm. after her at Abyssinian Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. I mean, a really storied history that church has. That's right. Uh, and what a lasting uh, imprint and legacy that Reverend Butts has on the people of Harlem and folks around the world. You heard me mention that uh, Senator Raphael Warnock was mm -hmm. uh, a mentee of, of Reverend Butts. Uh, and uh, uh, a, tra a trailblazer in his own right. And yeah. so that legacy certainly does continue. Yeah, and maybe this week we'll continue to highlight and, and, and celebrate those who we lost this year. We'll continue to do that. Absolutely. All right, there's a, a much lighter note. There's a new magazine composed by black, black uh, health care professionals to inform our community about the medical advice we need most. The black woman at the head of all of this is Michelle Green Rhodes, and she wants to make sure we, soulmates, are all familiar with the color of wealth. COVID-19 was life-changing for so many. For Michelle Green Rhodes, it was an opportunity to use her skills and background for a greater cause. I pivoted that love for writing into something more useful. I wanted something bigger because during the pandemic we saw massive amount of people dying. Especially among African Americans who died at higher rates than other groups. A CDC report noted access to health care as one of the risk factors, something she saw firsthand during her more than 25 years working as a nurse. I was an insurance nurse, so I saw in stage this, stage four that, chronic disease this, and most times African Americans. So I wanted something that could help. That's how the color of wellness came to life. It's an African-American-focused health, wellness, and lifestyle magazine. We're proud to say we're the first black wellness magazine by black nurses. And black nurses from across the country contribute articles each year. All of our articles are evidence-based. We make sure that the nurses cite at least two sources so that we can say it's reliable, it's trusted, and you can check it. She says building that trust and being able to relate to the readers is key. We've been a bridge to healthcare systems because of that trust factor. So they've come to us to say, can you share this message with your audience? That can include information about screenings, addressing mental health, 
and even sharing healthier recipes. You know, I've tried this particular smoothie or I've first time I've tried mushrooms, like things we were seeing that people were incorporating into their lifestyles for the first time, which shocked me. But something that let her know she's on the right track. So I can't tell you a word that describes that feeling to say all of those years you put into helping people get chronic care, now you could be extending a life. We love it. Rose says the, that the lack of health literacy and the deficiency of wellness principles in the African-American community is what she's working to end. This is absolutely a fabulous, fabulous project. And what I, I like about it is uh, she knew to go ahead and establish the credibility. That's right. You know, other nurses lean in to help put these articles together. Uh, you know, the, the facts are checked. Um, there's a level of, of uh, expertise that is there. So it's, it's a publication that you can trust. And that's what it's all about especially for us. We want to know that we can trust it. That's right, and especially in the age of misinformation right. and disinformation, I really appreciated the fact that these are articles for us, by us, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. black nurses, uh, <clears throat> black nurses, uh, you know, developing these, these evidence-based articles, yeah. right? And so this isn't just sort of a, what well, I think or I wonder. These are evidence-based uh, articles out there that people can, uh, can trust. And, you know, message and messenger matters. To me, that's one of, uh, you know, the searing memories I have in my head uh, of some of the darkest days of the COVID pandemic. You know, we wanted to know that the information we were getting, that we could trust it. That's and right. so when that information came from black nurses, black doctors, you know, from folks that were in community with like black pastors, uh, it was information that we could not only trust, but mm -hmm. it's information that likely saved a lot of black lives. And so I think uh, the Color in Wellness uh, magazine has the potential to, to keep that up. That's right. Excellent, especially when you talk about, you know, information inside of the, the pandemic. Our information was so different and so significant uh, because we were dealing uh, with such heavy numbers mm -hmm. uh, in the very beginning of that pandemic. It was it was affecting us. Uh, and, uh, you know, some information you're, you're wondering, could you trust it? Could you not? There was a lot of mixed uh, information, mixed signals. So, you know, when you have magazines like this, that that'll sort of kind of uh, put everything together for you and lay it out. Um, you can't help but just celebrate and really pass the word on and so we we applaud uh, Miss Rhodes and, and her staff. Yeah, that's right. Still ahead, mental health services available for those in need. We'll tell you all about the new resources that can get you or a loved one some help immediately. That's coming up after the break right here on Fox Souls Black Report. of strengthening the connections between mental health programs and people skeptical of their services has taken on renewed urgency after the federal government launched the United States first nationwide three-digit mental health crisis hotline just this summer. The 988 system builds on the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, an existing network of over 200 crisis centers staffed by counselors who answer millions of calls annually, about 2.4 million in 2020. Now the line is designed to work like 911, but will connect callers with trained mental health counselors instead of police firefighters or 
paramedics. Now, as jails outnumber hospitals that offer psychiatric drop-off psychiatric, psychiatric drop sites, they have become the largest mental health institutions in some states. Millions of U.S. taxpayers could face a tax refund shock when they file their 2022 returns because of the expiration of many pandemic benefits that lawmakers had designed to help Americans weather the crisis. Many of the tax benefits still exist, but under current tax law, they have reverted to their smaller pre-pandemic levels. For example, the child tax credit, which is credited with lifting millions of children out of poverty, is reverting to its prior level of $2,000 per child compared with the pandemic credit that was as high as $3,600 per kid. The earned income tax credit aimed at low and moderate income workers is reverting to a lower amount, $560 in 2022. <laughs> now, one rule of thumb, according to experts, don't look at your tax return from earlier this year to determine what you'll receive for your refund in 2023. And President Joe Biden's education department is preparing to help student loan borrowers in default once payments resume. The Fresh Start initiative the education department announced in April would allow borrowers to uh, behind on their payments or in default to re-enter repayment in good standing. Approximately 7.5 million borrowers are currently in default and the program would give those borrowers one year after payments resume to take necessary steps to return to good standing. Biden recently extended the student loan payment uh, pause through June 30th or whenever the active lawsuits currently blocking the debt relief are resolved, whichever comes first. You can request a transfer of your loans to Nelnet, a non-default student loan company, by visiting myeddebt.ed.gov. A store worker in Minnesota gave her retro Jordans to a man after she noticed that he was wearing boxes on his feet. Yeah, Talia Thomas, who goes by Ace, works in a liquor store in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Security camera footage showed a man digging through a garbage can outside the store looking for boxes that he could place on his feet in place of shoes. Thomas saw the man, stopped him, and offered him her favorite pair of shoes. The man told Thomas, quotes, nobody would ever give me shoes like that before. And she replied, well, I'm not everybody. Hmm. The liquor store manager said that uh, he raised $450 to buy Thomas a new pair of shoes as a replacement, but later found out that Thomas is taking care of her mother who is in need of a new bed. Get this, he gave Thomas the cash instead so that she could go use it to buy a bed for her mom. Listen, your getting is in your giving. And when you give straight from the heart, when it is sincere, when you're not expecting anything back, I believe that's when you get it back uh, tenfold. I, I saw this story and, uh, you know, had a little tear in my eye because it really speaks to the fact that there are some, some good, humane folks out here uh, amidst all of the crazy headlines that we unfortunately have to bring you here at Fox Souls Black Report. But during the holiday season, we're trying to find and give you the best of the best. And this is one of those stories. You're absolutely, uh, amazing. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is just, 
you know, it's an example of what it looks like when we extend ourselves yeah. in kindness to one another. And that's actually one of the things I love so much about the holiday season mm -hmm. is that I feel like the consciousness level goes up in terms of people extending themselves in love and kindness to one another, to perfect strangers. Uh, and the fact that she saw their humanity as intertwined. That's right. Right? The fact that the man didn't have any shoes. He was looking for, for cardboard boxes. And the shoes fit. Look right? at God. The right? shoes fit. The guy. The shoe, the shoe, How many times does that happen? The shoes fit, you know, and it was something that was a value to her mm -hmm. that she passed her along favorite pair of to somebody else and it was a value to them, you know. And so, uh, what a wonderful uh, story. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an example of the angels among us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and when we talk about at the end of the show, stay lifted. It's, all, it's stay lifted, but let's keep each other lifted. That's let's right. Let's lift each other. And so. that's like, this story is actually a great example yeah. of how we can do it. Yeah. So every day when we say stay lifted, we want you to think of this story coming out of mm -hmm. Minnesota. That's right. Yes. Coming up, a massive lawsuit against one medical company. That's right. We'll tell you which medicine is being accused of having a link to mm -hmm. cancer. More when we come back. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Soulmates, thank you so much for joining us on this second day of Kwanzaa. Just in case you are just joining us, let's run back some of the top stories we have for you today. We start with the parents of J.C. on Charles, an eight-year-old boy who was severely burned at a friend's house in Arkansas. They are demanding answers as they claim that the investigation has been slow for four months since the incident happened. Uh, he is now on a ventilator and had to be was on a ventilator and had to be re resuscitated twice due to those burns. He underwent multiple surgeries, including removing five inches of his small intestine aside from the severe burns across 80% of his body. When he went to a friend's house to spend the night, the family claims that they were roasting hot dogs and, and the fire blew and it burned a little JC on. Now the Arkansas State Police have uh, taken over the investigation and will send the results to the uh, Bradley County Prosecution Office in that area. We continue to send our prayers out to little JC on too. Uh, St. Louis now where a man is calling on the courts to appeal a wrongful conviction that prosecutors say should have never gone to trial. Lamar Johnson has wrongly spent nearly three decades in prison for a St. Louis killing after prosecutors say a witness was coerced into falsely identifying him as the shooter. But the assistant Missouri attorney general says detectives will testify that they never threatened or coerced anyone and followed leads that pointed to Johnson as the killer. The St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office that secured Johnson's 1995 murder conviction believes he is innocent and is seeking for the second time to set him free. In March of 2021, the Missouri Supreme Court denied Johnson's request for a new trial. And a new education report shows that the military uh, courses are overwhelmingly pushed onto black students than any other race. The New York Times analysis was done of the Army's data and uh, 200 plus public records. They found that more than 80% of high schools with at least 75% of first year students enrolled in junior ROTC 
had a predominantly black or Hispanic student body. Meanwhile, the percentages at other uh, junior uh, ROTC high schools uh, and those without the program were more than 50% and around 30% respectively. And finally, millions of U.S. taxpayers could face a tax refund shock <laughs> when they file their 2022 returns because of the expiration of many pandemic benefits that lawmakers had designed to help Americans weather the crisis. Many of the tax benefits still exist, but under current tax law, they have reverted to their smaller pre-pandemic levels. For example, the child tax credit had me looking for a little kid, which is credited with the uh, lifting millions of children out of poverty is reverting to its prior level of just $2,000 per child compared with a pandemic credit that was as high as $3,600 per child. Now the income, the earned income tax credit aimed at low and moderate income workers is reverting to a lower amount. That's $560 in 20 2022. over to you. Thank you, Courtney. Now off to uh, District Court in Florida, where they've dismissed almost 2,500 lawsuits alleging links between heartburn medication Zantac and cancer. The ruling by U.S. District Judge Robin Rosenberg in West Palm Beach, Florida, knocks out about 50,000 claims in federal court though it does not directly affect tens of thousands of similar cases pending in state courts around the country. Zantac, first approved in 1983, became the world's best-selling medicine in 1988 and one of the first ever drugs to top $1 billion in annual sales. All the drug makers have denied that Zantac causes cancer. All right, to all our soulmates in D.C., listen in. D.C. may become the largest city in the U.S. to offer free bus services thanks to new legislation. The majority vote towards the bill by the D.C. Uh, Council brings the nation's capital a closer step uh, to providing free bus fares for all riders boarding from the district. The proposal will also add overnight services to 12 major bus lines. Council members will take a final vote on the bill before sending it to to Mayor Mario Bowser for consideration. This decortalize could happen sometime uh, next summer. I know that uh, residents of, of D.C. are pretty excited about this. And, and here again is the nation's capital leading the way. Mm -hmm. And hopefully once this is passed and, and folks say that it probably will be, it'll trickle out into other major uh, metropolises and that folks can get around their respective cities uh, efficiently and, and, and afford to do so. And I think about the folks that really rely on public transportation. Uh, think of how many stories we've shared with yeah. our soulmates about the impacts of inflation on households mm -hmm. and how so many people are, are working hard to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And so this is its own form of relief yeah. uh, for people that, you know, need to, to catch a bus or catch the train. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my East Coast home is, is Washington, D.C. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm really proud of, of some of the organizing work that's happened mm -hmm. on the ground to push the mayor and push the D.C. City Council in this direction. And so yeah. uh, you're right, this could be a model for the it, nation. It could, and I see something like bus services falling up under city services. I mean, I know, you know, trash collection isn't free. You know, you, you pick that up in, in, in what cities charge you with, with taxes, city taxes, but maybe it falling under something like that. So people can just know that the bus system is there for them, the transit system is there for them, and they don't have to worry about coming up with, uh, you know, small change that some people just might not 
not have in order maybe to get to work or to or to take a child to, to daycare. So this is really a, a good look and uh, I'm hoping DC will go ahead and pass this thing and, and set a precedent. Well, uh, fingers crossed. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, it's the power of social media from finding the scoop on celebrity gossip mm. to locating long lost loved ones. Social media users may be outdoing the need for private investigators. Hmm. Within 10 hours of posting about a search for uh, her biological family, Lydia McNair was able to get in contact with her biological family. The only information she included in the tweet was her biological mother's name, Demonica, her birthplace and birth date, the adoption agency's name, and knowledge of their three to four older siblings. Immediately after her post uploaded to the platform, users went to work flooding her page with reactions and filling her DMs with comment sections uh, with leads. Uh, the next day, Thorpe drove around three and a half hours from Raleigh to Asheville, mm. where McNair grew up and the two sisters, they met up. Amazing story. How cool me, is that? Yeah, it reminds me when, when users go about looking for Karens. <laughs> That's it. Social Listen, media will get it done it, for it you. It can work either, either way. If you, <laughs> okay. want, if you want it, you can get it. <laughs> That's it. All right. An uncertain economy has many college graduates worried about their job prospects, but some college majors appear to offer better than average chances at a lucrative career. So let's dive into it. There's a recent study examining factors like a median pay about three years into a career path and adjusted the figures for inflation found that uh, the following majors as the best money makers with bachelor's degrees. Here we go. Robotics and automation came in at number 60 with just a, a bit over 72,000 uh, in an early career. Uh, nursing science is at the 50th spot with a median early career salary of just over $73,000. Informatics is number 28. I don't even know what that is, but you'll be earning a little over over $77,000. Software engineering is number 14 with about 81, just under 82, shall we say, $1,000. And electrical uh, engineering along with computer science is number one uh, with majors ranking in just over uh, $119,000 annually. So that, that's what will get you to that six figures out of college, maybe. STEM is obviously the way to go for all undecided and emerging college students if your money is on if money is on your mind and you're good at like science and math and stuff not like me so there you go uh, now on to a historic property in eastern Montgomery County uh, the eastern Montgomery County community that was once a stop along the Underground Railroad is one step closer to being preserved take a look at this Abolition Hall was once a major stop along the Underground Railroad. It is the legacy of those who at great risk provided shelter and safety within these very walls. In recent years, this historic landmark was at risk of redevelopment into townhouses. But now supporters can rest assured local, state and federal leaders say this property will be protected for generations to come. Well, back in 1856, George Corson and others here at Plymouth Meeting realized that Black Lives Matter. They put their lives on the line, they opened up their homes. The White Marsh Township and White Marsh Art Center acquired the property in November. Community leaders say in huge part thanks to a $2 million grant from the Carabots Foundation. Very proud to be here today on behalf of my husband and my family. Thank you very much. 
the Arts Center will make this their new center of operations, providing an artistic experience for people of all means and all abilities. It's extraordinary because we have an opportunity for the past to truly inform us as we move forward. Famous abolitionists such as Frederick Douglass and Harriet Beecher Stowe all made stops here at Abolition Hall, which could accommodate up to 200 visitors at a time. To seek refuge, to be safe, to be secure, to gather themselves, and to then further their path, further their journey towards freedom. The Carabots family was presented with a key to White Marsh Township. The chair of the Board of Supervisors, Laura Boyle Nestor, says by fate, the gift is being honored on a significant date from 157 years ago. So on December 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution officially ending the institution of slavery was ratified. In Plymouth meeting, Jennifer Lee, Fox 29 News. The city and the Art Center paid $3.95 million for the property, with $2 million from that figure coming through a private grant. But that's, was that Shirley Ralph, the senator? Shirley Ralph's that was, that, husband? That was her husband. That was, that was the senator, mm -hmm. one of the distinguished senators uh, uh, representing the Keystone yeah. State. Just some amazing stories that we continue to, to uncover and, and hear about. We were sitting there looking at this like, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know. I know it comes out of trying times. I know it comes out of uh, this whole idea of, of being oppressed and stripped of our, of our culture. And, but, you know, st still we are, are rising and we are finding out these stories of, of uh, perseverance and, and how people fought uh, for their freedom. And they are just encouraging and, and inspiring. It's like coming up out of the ashes, if yeah. you will. And it's a reminder of our resilience, that's right? right? I mean, you know, that's what I love so much about this story and about uh, so many other stories that, we, that have been in the news recently related mm -hmm. to monuments that have been erected mm -hmm. to reflect uh, some of the hidden figures in history mm -hmm. uh, that really represent some of the trailblazers mm -hmm. uh, in our community, folks that made a way out of no way. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and so, you know, this is just, you know, just another example of that resilience that's available to all of us to tap into, you know, as we navigate sometimes the choppy waters of yeah. progress. Yeah. And if we could just take a moment, it's quiet around uh, the Fox uh, Soul Black Report studios as most people are on break. And we just get a behind the scenes moment and thank our producers. These are some amazing stories today. And I just want to sit on the, <laughs> on the desk and go like this and keep watching and watching. But really, it's what Fox Soul's Black Report is all about. So kudos to our producers who help gather these stories uh, for us to, to, to bring them to you. So we appreciate you. It takes a village to create and curate Honey. Fox Soul's Black Report. And a Report. whole lot more. Yes. <laughs> we thank you. Yeah. Still ahead, an iconic black film is making its way to the big stage. Broadway. I can't wait. I saw this when I was a little girl. Uh, you can ease on back, pun intended, after the break, and we'll tell you which one is making their debut suit. I'm so excited. So excited. There's a lot to be excited yeah, about. There is, there is, there You. 
a new production, <laughs> they only knew. a new production of The Wiz is heading out on a nationwide tour next year before easing on down the yellow brick road so to Broadway. <laughs> I, I can saw, tell. I saw when I was a little girl. Did you and really? Boy, Stephanie Mills was like 16. My oh, daddy wow. took us to New York to see it. <gasps> this, this is when she was Michael Jackson's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. The show was adapted from The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum with a book by William F. Brown and music and lyrics by Charlie Smalls. Director Shell Williams says her goal is for it to be an extraordinary celebration of black culture. Now, the tour launches in the fall in Baltimore, uh, home of the 1974 world premiere of the musical. Then it will cross the country before it uh, starts its limited engagement on Broadway in spring of 2024. My husband is taking me. He just don't know it yet. <laughs> okay. You and me both. <laughs> okay. Come on. MAC Cosmetics has rolled out a new collection dedicated to the multi-talented pop star, actress, beauty icon, Nippy, Whitney Houston. Mm. The beauty brand recently announced that the new limited edition MAC times Whitney Houston collection which is inspired by the late singer's iconic style and glamour. The lineup includes a mashup of lipsticks, glosses, eyeshadow, blush and bronzer. Mac teamed up with the Whitney Houston estate to celebrate the entertainer as one of its new beauty icons. I can't wait to wear. And rightfully can't so. Can't wait to wear, that's right. All right, Mother Whoopi Goldberg is letting y'all know not to try it and don't try her. When discussing whether unauthorized biopics exploit people, Whoopi said most definitely. The EGOT winner also said, don't try to make an unauthorized biopic about her life and career because you will get sued. She has a clause in her will against it. The 67-year-old revealed the ban while discussing the controversial Marilyn Monroe movie Blonde. Goldberg says the clause prevents it uh, unless you uh, speak with her family. So it prevents that biopic unless you talk to the, to the folks. There you have it. Whitney, uh, Whoopi ain't playing. Neither, neither was Whitney, neither but was Whoopi, Whoopi, Whoopi ain't right. playing for real. A&E mm -hmm. uh, Network has relaunched the Biography Channel and is set to release a two-part documentary entitled Biggie, The Life of Notorious B.I.G. as its inaugural project. Airing June 28th, this comprehensive project will be narrated by Christopher Wallace himself, using never-before-seen footage and documenting the hip-hop giant's life. In addition, A&E will also produce a six-part documentary based on the murder of Tupac and the subsequent investigation that has lasted more than 20 years. Who Killed Tupac? follows a prominent attorney as he delves into theories surrounding the icon's death with exclusive footage and interviews along the way. And let's check in with Lizzo. Just in case you missed it, she serenaded uh, Saturday Night Live uh, through its last performance of 2020. The Grammy-winning performer replaced scheduled musical guest the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. What's that? Okay, the swap was revealed along with a message from the alternative rock band on Instagram pointing to an ongoing health issue for their guitarist. Okay, we, we get it. Uh, Lizzo's appearance with Elvis star Austin Butler serving as host marked the second time the singer has been a musical guest on the variety sketch show this year and third overall after making her debut in 2019. All right, Lizzo. 
Yeah, she was really great. She was. That was that was, was a great show. That was great to see her. It was. It was. It was. Uh, Rihanna and Beyonce have made Forbes' latest, most powerful women list, placing them among the most impactful, wealthy, and influential women on the globe. At number 73 is Rihanna's massive business empire, Fenty Beauty, and Savage times Fenty. Uh, according to the publication, her ascension to billionaire status makes her worthy of the slot. Beyonce ranked at 80 most powerful woman on the list. The 41-year-old is reportedly worth, get this, $450 million. Based on the success of her and Jay-Z's On The Run 2 tour, uh, her acclaimed set at the uh, 2018 Coachella Music Festival and other endeavors such as her Ivy Park brand. Now, other notable names that appeared on this year's Most Powerful Women Roundup include, that's right, you guessed it, you know, the lady that I was on Air Force Two with? Yes, yeah, uh -huh. yes. Otherwise known as Madam Vice President. That's right, Vice President of the United States Kamala Harris mm -hmm. made the list, Oprah Winfrey made the list, and, and Shonda Rhimes And coming in at number zero, Courtney Hicks <laughs> But I, have, I wouldn't say zero. Well, I, you know what? They, I'm inspired. You know, I'm inspired, yeah. you know, I, to Hicks Lanier, so I'll probably lean in on my husband uh, and his success a little bit, but I, I'm inspired. I mean, listen, in the very beginnings of these women's uh, career, if you if you look at it, you see Oprah, she always talks about the little simple, little basic picture when she was a little girl with a little crooked braid and how they right. braided her hair crooked. Um, you know, Beyonce and, and her beginnings, you know, at Houston and Shonda Rhimes and how she, you know, you know couldn't hit a lick and then all yeah. of a sudden, so somebody gave her an opportunity and, and we get all these excellent stories um, um, from her and she's an amazing storyteller. So, you know, humble beginnings in the sense that mm -hmm. they all started somewhere. And Rihanna, the first billionaire out of her country. And, uh, you know, who would have thunk? Yeah. You know, so I'm just very inspired by that. But for real, coming in at zero. But, you know, I might I might get to, might get to you know, top top tier something. Look, look. I'm so. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm working It's toward. possible. It's possible. It's possible. it's possible. You know, what's also really great is, you know, their wealth happened within a generation. That's right. Right? None of those women were born with a silver spoon in mm -hmm. their mouth. Uh, those women had to work really hard and had to navigate sort of massage noir, mm -hmm. right? Not just, you know, racism, but misogyny. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in some cases, xenophobia, mm -hmm. uh, if we're talking about Rihanna, uh, who grew up in Barbados. And so, you know, uh, hats off to them. Hats off to yeah. them for being an inspiration. Uh, they have certainly blazed trails, and uh, it's just marvelous to see so many other women, other black women, uh, you know, rising mm -hmm. uh, in so many different industries, uh, in part because these women That's have right. existed and have done some extraordinary things uh, in their time on the planet. Yeah, and, and have set the blueprint. We love it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, up next, black excellence that you need to know. Oh, yes. We'll tell you about the latest advancements and achievements in our community. It's Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back.
Listen, now <laughs> this is some black excellence. Mm. NASA astronaut Jessica Watkins is set to become the first black woman to live and work on the International Space Station for an extended mission. That is something else, because you know this is Watkins' first trip to space following her selection as an astronaut in 2017. Let's meet this incredible, incredible sister. Take a look. A dream feels like a big, far away goal that's gonna be difficult to achieve and something that you might achieve much later in life. But in reality, what a dream is, or a dream realized is, is just putting one foot in front of the other on a daily basis. And if you put enough of those footprints together, eventually they become a path towards your dreams. My name is Jessica Watkins, and my fellow astronauts would describe me as a rock nerd, endearingly, as what I tell myself at least. One of the things that I enjoy the most about geology intellectually is you kind of function as a detective. You're looking at different puzzle pieces, you know, all kind of in different places, and you're, you're trying to bring those puzzle pieces together to get a full story, a full history of what has happened in a particular place. For me, as somebody who was really interested in the planets, geology provided a means for me to study the surface of another planet, and particularly look at Mars, which was my passion, was just super exciting to me. In college, uh, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to learn to play rugby. It was one of the best opportunities in my life, getting to play with the rugby team at Stanford and play in national championships and even win one. I think one of the biggest lessons that I take away from my rugby career is the importance of teamwork. Rugby in particular has positions that are all suited to different types of body types, different strengths um, that people bring to the table. And I think that is not unlike our team here at NASA, where everybody comes and brings their different strengths, their different expertise to form a powerful and winning team. This endeavor to go to the moon is going to be hard is not something that we can do individually. It's not something that we can do on our own. And I think especially in these times, it's really important for us to recognize how much we need each other and the importance of coming together for one goal. And I think that going back to the moon really embodies that. This is Mission Control Houston. We are now processing a telemetry from the Orion spacecraft. Whoa. Incredible. Oh, like, I was all into that. They were talking about stand up, and I was like, nah, I'm, 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 I'm into this. That is amazing. That's incredible. Appointed in 2017, so that just showed you how long it takes to train. Well, mm -hmm. to get to that point, and then to be appointed, and then how long it takes to train, actually, to, to, to get to a, a mission. And she was just so bright and full of life and energy and yeah. just excited and then well-rounded, a championship mm. uh, athlete as well, top college. Like, it doesn't get any more excellent than, than Dr. Jessica Watkins. That's right, that's right. And it's a reminder to all of our soulmates out there, you know, that it's okay to be, be a nerd. Right. I mean, she, she called herself a rock, rock nerd, nerd. Right. You know, and, and, and how many of us, you know, sort of geeked out, you know, yeah. on this or that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it was great to see that. And I really just love that unifying message, yes. that empowering message that reminds us that we can do hard things together. And she mm. talked about going to the moon and how that's something that you just can't do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there's so many folks that have a hand that had a hand in sending parts. the first man uh, to the moon. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and there's so many people that have a hand in terms of continuing to, to advance science. And so I appreciated 
you know, her recognition mm -hmm. of the fact that it takes a team to win. Whether That's you're right. going to the moon or you're attempting to win a rugby game uh, or you just want to investigate the surface of another planet, mm -hmm. as she said, <laughs> uh, it, you know, teamwork makes the dream yeah. work. Absolutely amazing. And and listen, I'll be I'm, now I'm going to tune in. I mean, I, you know, I, how, how much do you pay attention sometimes to NASA news unless you know something is about to lift off and you might pay attention. But to hear the backstory and to hear all of the preparation that it takes, you know, it, I follow her on social media. I just want to see. I just want to see how she's going to go about, um, you know, taking on this this huge, huge accomplishment. It's going to be it's going to be uh, interesting to see. What would you call yourself a nerd of? I would say I'm, I'm a documentary nerd. How about you? I love doc. I love reality shows, you know, that, that show the real deal. What would you say you're a nerd of? Um, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd of politics. Of I'm a nerd of you documentaries. <laughs> you know, I'm a nerd of music. Okay. I'm a pretty eclectic taste. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, that's all the time we have. I'm the Cordelai Corte. And I'm Courtney Hicks. Until next time, y'all, stay lifted. Happy Kwanzaa. Day two.